Welcome to the Cultured Magazine podcast, Points of View, bringing you intimate interviews with creative leaders reflecting on their personal journeys and their visions for the future. I'm Sienna Paquette. And this is my amazing guest, Lorraine, a.k.a. Taja Cheek. <laughs> Welcome, Taja. Thank you for being my guest. Thank you for having me. I've been wanting to interview you for quite some time because you are someone who I believe so beautifully uh, straddles this line of being a curator, being a programmer, but also being an artist. And we were just chatting about that as well. You stepping into this moment where you're artist first and making full space for that. So I want to just hear a little bit about that, perhaps like... For context, if those who don't know, Taja has been programming music at MoMA PS1 for quite some time and doing this, the, this, the, all the sessions in the dome, doing warm-up. And so she, as an artist, is like, and a musician, I feel like you were able to bring such a thoughtful curation because you yourself know. So if you would, just speak about that duality. Thank you. <laughs> I mean, I really, you know, I spent a long time trying to separate those parts of myself um, one, because I'm shy, two, for, you know, integrity reasons, I guess. But also, um, I started realizing that I think institutions are sometimes too all-encompassing, and they really demand a lot of you and take a lot of you and sort of demand that you present yourself as one thing and no one is just one thing, right? Like, every single person at PS1 or everyone I've worked at, so many people are creative are artists and also have day jobs or jobs, however they define it, right? right? Yeah. So um, I spent a long time trying to separate these parts of me and I realized it's all water from the same well. I am who I am. Things that interest me as a curator also interest me as an artist and I shouldn't feel ashamed or weird about these other parts of me. But for a very long time, no, like... People Fully, in absolutely. music didn't know I, I worked in the art world and people in the art world didn't know I worked in music. And they're like, yeah. who are you? What are you doing? Are you I don't doing? understand. I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> no, exactly. And I think too, like we also were just talking about, okay, so Taja's about to go on tour uh, on Tuesday. Woo-hoo! And ah. <laughs> you're like, ah. <laughs> and yeah, I, I, we were talking about kind of the ritual of performance and getting re- like preparing yourself mm. to be in that space. And I love what you had to say. So if you wouldn't mind resharing that with the audience about your ritual, it's like the mo- you know we're back backstage chit chatting, hee hee, you know. And then it's like when you come out, like what happens when you're when you're on the stage. So if if you could speak about your performance rituals, yeah. I mean, I I lurk. I lurk on stage for a long time <laughs> and just kind of see what's going on with the crowd because every show, every venue is so different, but really what makes it different is who's in the room, same as today, right? Like it's a, it's a two-way street. It's an exchange of energy. So I like to just kind of stay on stage for a little bit and just see what's up. <laughs> and it's a moment for me to be still... I have some, you know, things that I like to play with and use to just ground me. Scents are really grounding for me. So I usually have some sort of spray that I use and I use it for myself and I use it with the band if they want some. Um, I'll usually kind of say something to myself or I'll communicate with people that are no longer here. Just like a note of just being like, I see you. I remember you. I'm here. We're all here. And then everything begins. That is absolutely beautiful. I love that. And I really hope that I can 
catch one of your shows along the way. We were just talking about, I want to travel. So like if I end up somewhere along your tour route, I absolutely would love to see you live. Yes, please. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay. So let's get into fatigue. So fatigue is your latest album and your second album. Yes. Yes. Second album. And it's so like, I'm someone who for a long time has been like, what's an album that I can listen through all the way through? Not just like get the songs that I like. Fatigue is that. It's start to finish so gorgeous. Each song blending into the next. Like just, I was like, wow, I can listen to this album all the way through. Like fully, you know? And so I just want to hear kind of about your process in, I mean, I don't know, writing, composing, recording it. Like what that process and experience looked like for you yeah well thank you I appreciate that I try to make my records short so that they can be listened to in one sitting it's like if I can't say what I need to say or you know perform what I need to perform in like 30-ish minutes I'm like probably don't need to do it but anyway thank you <laughs> um it's really a process of collaging for me um I write little fragments of songs all the time um and there's a period of my life maybe three years or so where I was writing pretty much every day, just little fragments, and I would upload them to SoundCloud. And just, you know, I didn't have much of a real community in New York of musicians. And so I was like, okay, what do these strangers on the internet think about these weird things I'm writing? I need some sort of feedback. And it was really helpful. Um, And yeah, so I use, use, you know, parts of those songs, I'll write new things, I'll, you know, something I came up with on the way to the studio with something I wrote like 15 years ago. It's kind of all over the place. Mm. And I also record a lot of moments from my life. So I have like over a thousand audio recordings from different moments of my life, like conversations I have that like feel important. Um... Sometimes just like a beautiful bird, I think sounds really great. Or someone's yelling on the street. I'm like, oh, yeah, they have some points. Like, I need to remember this for myself. (laughs) Things like that. It's always just for me because I have a horrible memory. And it's like a diary, I guess, of sorts. So all those things apparently make an album. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, because I think, too, like speaking, that's actually really insightful to hear. Like, okay, I'm capturing the world around me. And using those samples to basically make my art and like tell a story. Um, and I actually, okay, so I was stalking you on your website, obviously doing my <laughs> research. Um, and I actually loved all of the writing around the album. Did you write that? I didn't. It was my very good friend, Jocelia Rebecca Hughes. And we spent so much time I appreciate that so yeah, much. Yeah, no, I'm She's like, so special to me. Yeah, and that I was, thought she did a great job. It was brilliant <laughs> because it's like, I felt like I was kind of like looking in and just, I'm going to just read exactly uh, what she wrote. So I say, uh, you know, on your website, you reference uh, a lot of, or sorry, you pose a lot of really important questions. I love um, the deep questioning in the work. So I'm curious, um, uh, how do you, uh, oh, sorry, this is actually what she wrote. How do we think through express for, attest to, commit within and embody a substantive change for ourselves? How do we enact change in the company of others? What does it mean to internally engage with an abolition politic? Um, And in the closing moments of the opening track, Fly Die, we are asked, 
What have you done to change? This question is both invitation and invocation. Change and changing is not something done alone. It is a group process. These questions compose and propel the sonic energy of fatigue. So can you tell me a little bit, perhaps, about this ethos of, of change? Ooh, I mean, she said it way better than I could, <laughs> honestly. <laughs> that came out of like a lot of conversations yeah. that we would just have. She's, I, I consider her a collaborator in, in a sense. We have been collaborators, but really um, was someone that I talked to in the process of making this album a lot. Um, but I'm an only child. I spent a lot of time alone just thinking and rethinking and mulling things over. Um, and yeah, I don't know. I, I have been doing, you know, shadow work <laughs> and just trying to go inward and really just yeah. think about myself and things that I feel like I can really kind of shift and change, getting feedback from other people where they're like, you're really tripping. Like, you always do this thing. And like, I don't know about that. And like having to like look at myself and be like, yeah, I guess I do do that. Like, I should try to do better, right? And that's something that all of us, I think, experience. And I experienced it way more um, during the pandemic, just having a lot of time alone in my apartment, just kind of like looking at myself. Truly, truly. Um, and I, you know, it's it's a process. Um, but fatigue is, I think, maybe the first time that I was really, um, one, engaging in that process mm-hmm. very publicly. Yeah. Um, but also, um, you know, the first time that I was really kind of thinking about it intentionally for myself and so it's kind of the beginning of something rather than like the culmination of it being like Mm. here is my thesis on what I want to change and how it works like it's not like that at all (laughs) (laughs) no I love that answer and I feel like that that feeling or first of all fatigue great 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 album title like I just I I felt it immediately and I and I felt like it also just captured really like this moment too like I'm I'm fatigued like, I feel like we're all kind of collectively fatigued. Like, the world is extremely hard right now. Um, and I don't know. That just resonated for me. And I also actually, this is so funny because we were, like, kikiing backstairs. I mean, down, down in the, whatever, the green room. And we were like, oh, we're both cancers. And then I was like, <laughs> okay, I feel so safe. Like, we're, like, our little, like, crabby selves. But, like, really <laughs> tender and also an only child. So we're very similar in a lot of, oh, yeah. a lot of ways. Like, that alone time with yourself, ideating, creating, um, is everything. (laughs) Yeah, it really is everything. Right? Like, and I'm sure, you know, you didn't make this album in a day. So it's, it's that process, that building up towards, towards something. Um, anyways, I think that's really powerful. Um, so how do I, hmm, where do I want to go? Okay. How would you describe your sound? I was going to say genre, but I feel like genres can be quite limiting sometimes. So, like, what is your sound? Would you? I. <laughs> yeah, I feel like every musician, when they're asked that, they're like, ah. I, I should have an yeah exactly that that <laughs> laughter I felt that in my soul. I should have an answer to this. I think <laughs> what I usually say when people ask me this question is, I say it's a little bit soulful and a little bit weird. I try to leave it as open as possible. I feel like that's an honest answer. (laughs) Okay, yeah, I I, I agree. I was going to say, yeah, like soul, uh, gospel, jazz, like those are definitely like the genres that I am picking up on. But it's this is why I ask, because I'm like, how would you describe your own sound, right? I've also said not jazz, which also I feel like that works. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. 
I play with a lot jazz. of jazz musicians. I'm like, it's not that. Yeah. But it's not not that. Right. Exactly. But if I just say not well, jazz, the association is already there, you know? So. Yes. I also <laughs> say that too, because it's like you, on top of being a vocalist, like you're a musician yourself. And like that, I just, I feel like I'm feeling the inner workings of your brain as a composer. You know what I mean? Like the, the score of, of, of it, right? Um, actually, that's a great question. How did you get into music? Did you have like a formal training or like what was that yeah. music journey? Uh, it's pretty nerdy, probably. <laughs> um, I feel like a lot of people learn recorder when they're young and I took it really seriously. And it's a real instrument. They're concertos. It's like a thing. Um, But I would play in like Baroque recorder trios and quartets with like my teacher um, and did that a lot. Um, And yeah, played piano, played cello, and then, you know, taught myself the bass because I wanted to play in bands. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if that felt like a useful thing to be able to play to play in a band. And I was young and I didn't know a lot of things. I didn't know a lot of women bass players. Now I know so many. But then I didn't know any. And I was like, oh, wow, let me just do this. Like, this feels so new and so different. (laughs) Wow, that's amazing. I'm still on the recorder, the like professional (laughs) recorder moment. I'm shook. Okay, that's iconic. Um... I hope it'll make a return somehow on the music. That's my my hope. Yes. <laughs> let's let's bring that back. Um, who's someone who is really inspiring you right now? Like perhaps would be like a dream collaborator or just like, you know, watching them from afar. Like I really like the music they're making and I feel inspired by them. Oh, there are so many people, but I there's so many people. Um, but I want to shout out one of my collaborators, yes. um, Jasper Marsalis, Slossa Malone, yes. who I just feel like Amazing. such a deep, a deep, deep connection with and respect so much. And he, you know, I just, I really, above all else, like being good is kind of like icing, on, what is good, right? But like that icing on the cake. But, you know, if you can be an artist that really has a, a voice that really cannot be easily recreated that's something that is really I don't know important to me and I kind of seek out artists that do that and yeah I I I love Jasper's music so so much yeah Slauson Malone is amazing also what I love is they did the the NTS residency I believe Mm -hmm. a couple years ago and I feel like that there was so much growth in that moment and like mentorship and like I don't know artist evolution and actually you have a new NTS show I Everyone <laughs> should tune in because it's really good. Thanks. Um, yeah. Ooh, maybe let's, because we're, yeah, let's talk about radio for a second. What What does that space feel like for you, having a radio show? Oh, man. I Radio is like a constant, a weird constant in my life where I think I've gone away from it and then it always kind of swings back around. So, yeah, when... When I learned about that opportunity, I was like, oh, well, of course it's radio because this is the thing that always somehow re-enters my life every couple of years somehow. Um, But it's really great. You know, I respect DJs so much and just like the skill and immense knowledge it takes to do that. I don't consider myself a DJ. I'm like definitely not at the level, but it's nice to try. And it's like good to have excuses to listen to so much more music. I listen to a lot of music, but, you know, being able to just really immerse myself even more 
Um, it's a nice, you know, kick in the butt to try to learn how to like actually, you know, blend things. And Yes. No, and I loved like that as a container to like, you can just like play. Like I feel like people get so weird and fun on radio shows. Like they don't take themselves too seriously. I mean, like it can be a, whatever, a serious, like my archive of work, but it's like something feels playful about it. So I'm really excited to tune in. And actually it's a place I often discover so much music, listening to other people's radio shows um, and having people talk, talk about the tracks and what, what they mean to them. So. Yeah, it's so true. It's also nice to get out of my own head I like live in my head a lot. So I'm just like, let me dive into someone else's world for a while. That feels really good. It's the same reason why like collaborating is really great. And like being a side person in someone else's band and just like devoting myself to someone else and not thinking in my head, you know, it's like, it's really freeing for me actually. Yeah, no, I I fully get that. Um, Hmm. What is the best piece of advice you have received or learned throughout your creative journey? Whoa. I feel like I haven't received much advice. (laughs) I wish I did. I'd probably be, I don't know, like maybe not better. I am where I am and I'm thankful for that. Exactly. exactly. (laughs) But yeah, I don't know. I guess, I guess the advice that I wish I'd gotten is, um, I don't know. I feel like the music industry sometimes is a place where it, um, uh, how do I say this? <laughs> no, I, you said the music industry. I was like, okay. <laughs> well, I feel like, you know, I, I wish that the music industry were a place where people could be themselves and, you know, support themselves by doing whatever they do and, you know, just living that freely. And I feel like, the music industry makes it so that people feel like they have to replicate someone else or do something like someone else for just to live and to survive. Um, And that's, you know, just really unfortunate. And I wish that people would take more risks because I actually think like the public is way more receptive to so many things, but we're told that they're not. And I feel very lucky. I feel like, you know, at least now in this moment that I'm able to kind of make my music on my own terms and, you know, I'm doing okay right now. And I, that should be the case for way more people, especially way more artists of color um, because it's kind of absurd. (laughs) It's fully absurd. Like I actually, like, it's so interesting because, you know, people will talk about the art world, the fashion world, the, you know, but the music world is like, it is rough. It is quite frankly, one of the most toxic spaces I have witnessed. Um, And I'm not even an artist, right? Like I book people. So it's like, you know, I I can only imagine. Right. So yeah, I I, I feel that. I feel that sentiment. I was actually even going to ask like what, what would you like to see changed about the music industry? But perhaps the better question is like, what's something, well, that, but also what's something that's like, gives you joy or you're like, I really like this aspect or like, I really, I don't know, something good out of it, you know? I love that question. (laughs) That's really helpful. Okay, what do I really enjoy? It's so cheesy. It's honestly just connecting with people. At the end of the day, that is the mo- the best part of my work, my job, I guess it is a job, but yeah, I, that's the best part of it yeah. is like someone sends me a random note about 
their day and how the things that I made fit into their day. That's so cool (laughs) to me. I still can't get over that. Like I really don't take for granted for a second that people are actually listening to something that I made. That's insane to me. It's the coolest thing. And I connect with people over that and I learn things about them and they now know things about me. And yeah, at the end of the day, the connection is what keeps me invested. That's beautiful because I feel like, yeah, like at the end of the day, it's like your connection is with, yeah, with the audience, how, how your art is affecting people and connecting with them, whether or not you're even like having a conversation or, you know what I mean? You're able to just connect through the music. And I think that's everything. So thank you. Yeah. <laughs> thank you for doing what you do, basically. <laughs> okay. This is, this is a hard one because I feel like people talk a lot about success and like, oh, I've made it or like, you know, what? So really my question to you is like, how would you define success? Like, how has that perhaps changed over time as you've, you know, grown, come into yourself? And like, also I should say, Tasha's from Brooklyn. So like she, like, this is her home. Like, so, you know, and New York is, is a, such a full and complex place to live. So I'm just curious about, yeah, that journey of like success or perhaps happiness or, you know, a conflation of the two? Oh, <laughs> um, I'm figuring that out. Where I've gotten so far is, um, you know, I kind of similar to what I was saying before, I want to be able to live a life on my own terms um, and to be able to dream things and bring them into existence. And as long as I can do that and keep doing that and be supported in doing that. I think that's success for me. And also being able to do that like with, within a community or many communities of, of people, ideally. Yeah. Most ideally. Yeah. Period. That's it. Like, and, and, and thank you for saying that because I think sometimes we forget because it's like work, work, work. I got to like afford to like live in an expensive apartment and then I got to like get, you know, and you just lose sight of that almost. So thank you for saying that. That's a really necessary reminder, (laughs) frankly, you know? Yeah. I mean, I make music with my friends because I'd rather spend my time with my friends. Right. (laughs) Like rather than just being alone, making things, which I guess I could learn to do, but Mm -hmm. I don't, I'm not really interested in that so much. It's nice to have some alone time and that's necessary. Yeah. But you know, if I'm going to be in a van for a month, (laughs) it better be people I really like. Yeah. (laughs) Exactly. And almost like that sense of like peer mentorship that happens when you collaborate with your friends, work with your friends and learn from them in the ways that you almost are like, oh, okay, I'm learning this lesson. I wasn't expecting this. Like, this is really powerful. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Okay. I'm like looking at the clock. So I guess my last question, something I ask all of my podcast guests, uh, would you please tell me a secret? Oh, no. <laughs> and that's the reaction that everyone gives. They're like, what's my, what am I going to say? I will a reframe secret. it and say it can be a secret. It can be something that perhaps, you know, we don't know about you. Mm. Uh, it can be a hidden talent. It can be a fun, you know, childhood hobby. It can be, you know, as you wish. Oh, I guess this. I guess it is technically a secret, but I hadn't really thought about it like that. I just never told anyone. It's not that serious. I just wish that I could hula hoop, and I can't. 
And I, I was just thinking about this the other day, and I, I'm kind of embarrassed because I want to be able to hula hoop. Wait, that <laughs> is the cutest, hilarious thing. And it's so, like, I so clear. I grew up hula hooping. I'm an excellent hula hooper, so. Maybe you can teach me. Perhaps, like, <laughs> we have, like, a hula hoop studio session hang. I come to your studio with a hula hoop. I can bring a regular or a weighted one, depending on how how you're trying to go. I didn't even know it got that serious. There is a fitness, there is a, there's a genre of people in fitness who hula hoop with weighted hula hoops and it gives you kind of abs. It's like kind of core work because oh, it's okay. like the hoop is heavy and you're having to like move it around. And Listen, I'm sold. <laughs> so we will do so that. Tomorrow? So yeah, so tomorrow. <laughs> That's wow, great secret. Thank you, Taja. Thank you, Lorraine, for being my amazing guest. Thank you, On Air Fest. This was everything. I also really want to say, I'm just, I have so much love for the On Air team. Um, I used to work the festival, so it's really beautiful to be on the other side. So thank you, Scott. Thank you, Gemma. Thank you, everyone at On Air. Thank you, audience. Thanks for tuning in to the Cultured Magazine podcast, Points of View. We look forward to bringing you exciting interviews with artists and their visions for the future every month. Thank you to the podcast team for making this happen. To our editor, Alex DePalma, our sound engineer, Lars Probert, our theme music by Color Plus, and Cultured Magazine. 